0: Hello and welcome to Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast for June 23rd, 2020. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. And also don't forget to check out my other podcast, The Big Topic in Women's MMA. What we've been doing lately, uh, Sean Humes and myself, what we've been doing lately is reviewing the previous week's uh, women's matches on the UFC and also uh, uh reviewing last week's and previewing this coming weeks so we're going to do that on thursday okay now i've got two five new videos up on the blog four of them are from saturday's ufc show uh, in las vegas Uh, the first one is raquel pennington versus marion renault from uh, like i said from saturday's ufc show in las vegas Okay, so the, before I get into the match, I want to just say that the four women's matches on the on this show were varying degrees of terrible, okay? Schwan and I uh, did a podcast a couple of months ago in which uh, we discussed that the biggest problem in women's MMA is, generally speaking, the poor quality of UFC women's matches. It's just, they're tough to sit through, okay? And, you know... It just seems like the majority of them are not good fights, okay? And there's varying reasons for this. It depends on the fighter, but uh, it's, it's a big problem, and I don't think anybody else is discussing. And I think what you run into in a lot of cases is that you've got uh, two sides to this. You've got fanboys who will watch any damn thing, and you've got uh, guys who don't want to see women fight. They're against it anyway, and the quality of the matches doesn't make them want to watch it okay? Like they use it as a bathroom break, right? Okay. So in this fight, Raquel has lost three of her for the last four, so she needed to win. And Marion has ability, but she's inconsistent, okay? All right. Round one was awful, okay? Neither fighter really did much of anything, and I gave it to Marion 10-9, but it was pretty marginal, okay? Now, the thing was, Marion seemed to get worse as the fight went on, and it's not like Raquel was, was a whole lot better, but she made some adjustments, and she was good enough to win the fight. So I scored a 29-28 for Raquel, but it was not a good fight. And it, You know, Saturday was Marion's 43rd birthday, and listen, here's the thing. She's 43 years old, okay? Father time, the t- clock is ticking, Okay why the hell she is coming out there and not being aggressive and not trying to win the fight. It's beyond me. I really don't understand what the hell she's doing. Okay. Here's an older fighter. Okay. She's taken up a roster spot and she's not using it. She's basically just coming out and playing patty cake. Okay. And it's not the first time we've seen this from her. Okay. So uh, I feel at this point, that at her age, she's taking up a roster spot that could go to a younger fighter. So if I had to guess, when her UFC contract runs out, it won't be renewed. She's just not good enough to keep a roster, a roster spot that could be taken by a younger fighter. And, uh, I, I, you know, because Marian was so bad in this fight, I don't think I can give Raquel much credit for winning. Okay? I mean, we'll just see what she does next time out. All right? okay. Now, the second fight, we have uh, Tisha Torres versus Brianna Van Buren. This is at strawweight. So Tisha is on a four-fight losing streak where she has looked progressively worse. And uh, to be fair, she's fought elite fighters. Okay. But to me, I mean, I've never been a big fan of hers because I think she's very limited. Uh, Sometimes she can win fights with her quickness. uh, But, you know, I don't think she'll ever be good enough to beat Top great opposition. Okay. Now, Brianna is an up and comer who is good on the ground. And if she could get Tisha down to the mat, I thought she could win the fight. But uh, I have my doubts about her striking. And sure enough, that's what happened. Okay. I thought Brianna won round one mostly by controlling the clinch on the fence, but she just wasn't able to get the takedown that she needed. And then Tisha, uh, obviously. Uh, she was read the riot act in her corner and she was a lot better in the other two rounds. And what Brianna needs to do, what Brianna needs to do is get her striking good enough to set up her takedowns. I mean, she's never going to be a knockout artist or anything like that. She just doesn't have that kind of power anyway, but she needs to be able to do things on the her feet that set up her takedowns so she can get to her strengths. Okay. And that's what she really needs to do. And she's a young fighter. She's 22 years old, so she can do that. All right. Uh, Tisha really, uh, looked a lot better in this fight than she has looked in recent years. I don't think she's looked this good since Invicta. Okay. And so I scored the fight 29, 28 for Tisha. And My guess is she would still have problems with, you know, higher level of competition. And, um, you know, uh, uh, now she said afterwards in the press conference that um, if she had lost this fight, she was probably going to take uh, time off to have a baby. And uh, you know, if and she does that, who knows if she'll come back at all, right? And keep in mind, she has a degree in law enforcement. She can go work for the police department if she up there in uh, Colorado if she wants to. So, again, I, I didn't think the fight was all that great. And again, and, and it got it, it got us a gave us a chance to see. Um, that Brianna uh, needs to work on her striking. So she trains at uh, a lot at American Kickboxing Academy. So I'm sure uh, the guys down there took note of that. All right, the third fight is Jillian Robertson versus Courtney Casey at uh, Flyweight. Okay, so Jillian is a submission ace who isn't much of a striker and is mistake prone. She's from uh, Niagara Falls, Ontario, but she trains with uh, Dean Thomas, who used to be an American Top Team, but uh, he left, and he but he's still training her. Uh, Courtney doesn't have good takedown defense, so I figured if Jillian could take her down, she could win quickly. The problem was she didn't get the submission win until late in the third round. She said she said afterwards, she said afterwards that you know with about a minute left in the round, uh, Thomas. Yelled at her, you know, you can still get a submission. And so she went and she got a rear naked choke. But I, I would have liked to have seen her go for that a lot sooner because the match was not great, of course, because mostly it was Jillian, you know, on top and she was controlling Courtney and Courtney really couldn't get out of it. And so she won pretty handily, but uh, it didn't matter much by the time that she got the submission. Um, the big question about Jillian is can she get to the next level? Courtney, to me, is a mid card fighter and that's probably all she'll ever be, right? And the fourth fight was uh Lauren Murphy versus Roxanne Madreferi also at Flyweight. Now, both both of these women are uh in the top 10 in the rankings, okay? But I don't think either of them is any good. Okay, quite frankly. All right. So, of the four women's fights on the show, this was the worst. Okay? So so like I said, uh, because they're both they're both ranked all right i don't think either of them is good enough to contend for the title uh, one of the questions i got about this fight beforehand is why is it so early in the card they're ranked fighters and the reason is they're not that good that another no, they're, they're just i they knew it would be a bad fight you know i mean roxanne uh, uh, has improved um, since her days in Japan because John Wood has helped with her striking. Lauren is just one of these fighters who basically doesn't do enough to win fights. Like She always seems to get into close fights, and it's like a um, 50-50 chance whether she's going she's to win or lose. I, I think if she went out and tried to really win fights instead of trying to not lose, I think she'd be a lot better fighter. But she doesn't do that. I've never seen her do that. And, uh, you know, sometimes she gets uh, with lesser competition. She might dominate, but not usually. So the first round was a good example. I mean, neither of them did much of anything. And I I guess I scored a 10-9 for Roxy very marginally. It it was almost a tie, okay? The turning point of the fight was when Lauren rocked Roxy early on in round two. Roxy admitted afterwards that she was actually out for a moment, Okay. She never went down, okay, but it was pretty. But she says she was out, okay, so she was knocked out, but she, uh, you know, didn't go down and she was able to continue, but she was never the same after that. And it's not like Lauren was more aggressive and went for a finish, she just basically cruised to a unanimous decision win. And it, it, you know, she has to do more for me to think that she has anything for Valentina Shevchenko. Now, it's funny. Is if Lauren wins one more fight, which she called out Caitlin Chukage, and afterwards, she could get that ch- title shot. I don't think I want to see that. She'd get killed by Valentina. Okay. The fourth video, the f- uh, fifth video is from last night's Raw. It is Asuka defending the Raw Women's Championship against Charlotte Flair. So... I figured Nia Jax would get involved and we would get a gimmick match at Extreme Rules. Instead, the WWE has done an injury angle to get Charlotte off TV, probably until SummerSlam. Okay, so uh, Nia came out, this was at the start of the show, Nia came out to complain about last week's loss. You know, she was going to get DQ'd anyway, so I don't know what the hell she's complaining about. But then Charlotte came out. And they went back and forth. And after a skirmish, Charlotte seemed to hurt her arm. Later, she emerged from the trainer's room with her shoulder taped. So I I kind of suspected it was a phony injury, but I didn't really know why they were doing that. Um, Anyway, like Samoa Joe said on commentary, the, the tape on the shoulder is a target for Asuka to attack. And that's exactly what she did. And the match was very similar to their other matches. The big difference, I guess, is Asuka really uh, concentrated on attacking uh, Charlotte's left arm. So she got her, uh, you know, she got her in several arm bars. So the end comes when Asuka applies an arm bar and Charlotte turns it into a power bomb. Uh, Asuka transitions into an Asuka lock for the win. Now, considering how hard that bump was, that was an incredible transition. There's really, I mean, if you could find me somebody else on the WWE roster who could do a transition like that, fine. But I don't think there is anybody, and this is one of the reasons why Sharp, why Asuka is simply one of the best wrestlers, male or female, on the WWE roster or in the world, is... I don't see anybody else doing transitions like that. She's it. Find me somebody who does them outside Japan. There's probably somebody in Japan who can do it. Anyway, afterwards, Naya attacks Charlotte. Okay, so the WWE announces that Charlotte may have a broken collarbone. So this morning, they announced that she will have surgery and will return by SummerSlam. Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer reports that Charlotte is indeed having surgery, but not for her shoulder. My guess is her boob implants are leaking like two years ago, and so she has to have them fixed, okay? And if she was having surgery on her shoulder, it would be a lot longer layoff, okay? Uh, First of all, generally speaking, a broken collarbone does not require surgery. Usually, it needs about two months of rest. When Asuka suffered a broken collarbone back in 2017, she didn't have surgery. She was off for two months. Okay. She was off for two months. So, so that, that's one thing. So, you know, that's a red herring anyway. The second thing is, uh, you know, they're They're not going to announce something like leaky boob implants on TV. Okay. So they had to have a cover for that. All right. Anyway, later on after Bailey and Sasha Banks, successfully defend their wwe women's tag team championships sasha challenges oscar for her title so that's the match we will get at extreme wheels that's going to be a great match because they're both tremendous competitors performers and you know sasha's good but oscar can make her look really good okay anyways that's about it for uh for today uh Don't forget to check out my blog for those videos, frankp316.blogspot.com. Later this week, Schwan Humes and I will be doing another um, big topic in women's MMA uh, podcast. We're going to be reviewing last Saturday's uh, women's matches and previewing this Saturday's women's matches in the UFC. So if you have any questions or comments for uh, either either of my podcasts or my blog, you can... um, uh, leave a message on Anchor's voicemail. If you'd like to subscribe to my podcast, you can do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And if, and um, yeah, that's about it. Anyways, have a good week. We'll talk to you later.